politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and all that is in between here on this, the day that will and has still lived on in infamy, Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th. And, you know, it's with a heavy heart that we approach this day, this day where we had a unified nation culture, values, morals, ethos that unified behind a plan. We were attacked externally for the only time in our history, really, because I don't consider 9-11 external. That was internal because we let all the punks in and operate here. But, you know, that was external attack, and we knew what needed to be done. Here, the attack is internally in our bodies, minds, souls, culture, demographics, you name it. It's embedded in us. Unlike during the Civil War, we don't even have a clean red-blue, you know, sort of divide. Each state has red and blue areas, but we got to do the best we can. And my biggest observation in politics in general, in the Republican Party, in the conservative movement, and underscored by last night's debate, which is worthless, these debates are worthless, is that... There's this dichotomy where when the ball is in play, the legislative battles, the budget battles, could be federal level, state level, not only are they nowhere to be found on all the issues that matter, but they're working with the Democrats. But then when you put them on a national stage, rhetorically campaigning, and especially at a high level for president, because, you know, I mean, no no one pays attention to the lower offices and therein lies the problem. They all know what the base wants to hear. You know, with with different shades, obviously you have a couple exceptions where they're so embedded. So you'll have Ukraine, um, where Nikki Haley will will, uh, still persist in her position. But aside from that, even the, what we would call establishment, rhinos, whatever, they will tell the base, yeah, the border's terrible, the spending, we need to go back to pre-COVID spending, yada, yada. But it's all meaningless. It's all words. And then you have this new Vivek guy, He tells us everything we want to hear. I mean, I don't disagree with a word he's saying. He sounds like me. He's a talk show host. That's great. But when it actually matters, who has the record to actually do anything? We only have one guy that's even tried to do anything. They will never fight for us when the ball is actually in play. And this is why we're reaching this odd point in history where we're amassing so much evidence for the public on the harms and perfidy of the left, on the border, on the COVID vaccines, on the green energy grift, everything. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. Usually there's a discovery period on policy. There's a discovery period where the left does something and you discover this is what happened. These are the consequences. And then if it gets bad enough, eventually the opposition party will take the issue to the brink. But not the GOP. Not the conservative movement. And that's what we find with the border and COVID. We have enough information to hang the left on those issues. And they'll all talk about it. But not when you have an NDAA, when you have a budget battle, or anything. 
And that's why last night we were screwed on the defense authorization bill. So I want to I want to juxtapose what's going on in Congress to all the, you know, pandering that you see at presidential debates where they know their voters are listening. And that tells us that our job is to bridge that divide. How do we truncate campaign rhetoric and the lag time between policy outcomes? Well, we got to care about it. Now, first, our sponsor today is our friends at QP Goat Soap. Um, hey, look, it's December 7th. If you order now at QPGoatSoap.com, put in promo code Daniel, you could have before Christmas, you know, it makes a great Christmas present, their entire winter season of soap. So it's all of their amazing scents. Peppermint, frankincense, evening snow, crackling fire and fur, mahogany and teak shampoo bars as well. So they have the shampoo bars as well for 30 bucks. And 30 bucks is the threshold for free shipping. So that's a pretty good deal to get non-inflammatory, healthy oils made out of goat milk and support our very own Blaze TV subscriber, sponsor, and Christian homeschooling family. QP stands for Quinn Pittman. He's a 16-year-old entrepreneur, homeschooling kid that makes the best soap in America. How about that? QPGoatsoap.com, promo code Daniel for 10 percent off your entire order so folks and I, I i do apologize if you hear a little bit of an echo um in a funny room today because i got rob our our uh, engineer down here uh fixing up my studio so i do hope one of my new year's resolutions is to put out more video content um in 2024 so i'll, I'll have a better setup for that but but for today just bear with me so last night, they came out with $886 billion NDAA. And as I mentioned yesterday, it funds everything it shouldn't fund. And the things we need to do, like protecting the shipping lanes, we don't do. It jettisoned from there every single provision on social policy, you know, the social engineering in the military. And then it attached a FISA extension until April 19th to the NDAA. So not only, it, it, you know, this is the thing. It's like, well, you know, we, we we only have one branch of government. We can't get everything done. No, no, no. They actually go and attach gratuitous stuff they didn't even need to add. It's not that they don't add our riders. They add the left's riders. Republicans, House Judiciary did a 10-hour markup on their bill. It's not perfect, but at least it makes some reforms. You know, mind you, it has an exception. It prohibits accessing surveillance of American citizens located in the U.S. for non-intel purposes without a search warrant. But then it makes an exception if the person's believed to be an agent of a foreign power. That was literally the entirety of the Carter Page FISA warrant. <laughs> so it's a little bit weird, but whatever. I mean, they make some reforms. You know, I wouldn't like those exceptions. And then the Speaker Johnson just throws it in the garbage, and is like, yeah, I'll agree with you guys. Here's FISA, here's here's um, NDAA, here's the budget bill. So if you don't use either must-pass bills or sunsetting bills that the left wants to extend as leverage, you're done. So this is the problem. I, I watched last night at the debate. Nikki Haley's like, yeah, we need to go back to pre-COVID spending. There's not a single Republican that's not going to get up there and say we spend too much. 
But then every one of them, including Trump, when it came time for the levers of power, uh, we can't have a government shutdown. You're done. You're done. This is the problem. We don't have... We have Republicans when they're pressed, yeah, there's some problems with the vaccine. Yeah, um, we have a border crisis. But they won't harness a moment of national brinkmanship and drive a debate on anything. It's just amazing watching them. It's like, on 90% of the issues, they all agree, except they don't. It's all rhetoric, and this is the problem. They satiate our people's desire for change with rhetoric. But there's there's a reason why it keeps going on like this, and that's why a lot of people are like, Daniel, I love this guy. This guy sounds great, or that guy sounds good. I'm like, there's nothing new. We haven't lacked people channeling our beliefs and talking points for the last 40 years. We've lacked doers. We've lacked doers. I mean, that that was the famous thing last night when uh, DeSantis turned to Haley and said, you killed a tranny bill. I signed one. (laughs) Okay? I mean, you could say anything you want, but when the ball is in play, what happens? Like, and and this is the thing with Vivek. I don't want to spend too much time because he's not going anywhere. But right now... You know, if he if there was ever any inkling he would go anywhere, it, it's gone. So now he's just flooring the gas pedal. He's just being like a conservative talk show host, dropping the names and neocon and this and that and everything that we would like to hear. And this is his shtick. He reads the room. I don't mean literally the room because the debate room has a bunch of neocons in it, GOP officials. But I'm saying he he reads the conservative internet sees what they want to hear, and he indulges it. This is what he did with COVID. Oh my gosh, we're going to do COVID? I'm going to build a surveillance state. Now it's unpopular? Oh yeah, I'm going to get rid of liability. I mean, but when it mattered, you were nothing but a private citizen, and you supported COVID fascism. You advised Mike DeWine on fascism. People forget that. Pedro Gonzalez has an amazing article on what he did with COVID. Yet DeSantis was governor of the third largest state, the one with the biggest seniors, biggest population of seniors. And relative to anyone, he stood up to this. I mean, to this day, his Surgeon General, Latipo, just sent a letter to the FDA beating them down on that DNA plasmid fragments in the the vials. The only health department doing that. When it actually matters... Look, DeSantis is not perfect. No one's perfect. We're never going to idolize him like uh, they do Trump. We're always going to try to move him to the right. But dude, do you see anyone else that has the potential to get done what we want to do? Or in my view, honestly, the feds are irremediably broken. But at least he could break us out of this stranglehold of paralysis so that we can get more people like that at a local level and do what we need to do with our two-state solution. But this is the thing. I mean, we're ending off this year worse off than when we started it. I mean, Mike Johnson is like, he's like, look, you know, you want to capitulate? I'll capitulate bigly. And he's doing that much more than McCarthy. 
we are so scared. And, and, and look, and, th- and then you have this border in Ukraine supplemental. So Lankford is fighting with, he thinks Johnson's being too tough. The most conservative state, we have Lankford there. He's like, you know, Johnson's going to get whatever we send him. It's unrealistic to have border security. Now, the junior senator, Mark Wayne Mullen, by the way, I tried to defeat him in primaries a couple times when he was in the House. You're going to see people in the House as dug in. I mean, this has become a political issue for them. So they're not going to vote to move no matter what. It's like, yeah, they're, they're playing politics with Ukraine. Wait, what? These are the two senators from Oklahoma. That's what I'm saying. They run, even the moderates run conservative in the primary, but then from the reddest areas, when it comes showtime, we're going to lose on every last legislative issue. And then the only thing is they're like, maybe we'll come out with no supplemental. But that's ridiculous because we shouldn't have any more Ukraine funding. And ironically, it's only because they have to fight for the fake border security and the Dems are balking. So like, okay, fine, you don't get it. But ironically, without the border, like, let's say you didn't have the border issue, the Republicans would totally give another $100 billion to Ukraine. So, that's the story there. Meanwhile, CBP sources report there were more than 12,000 illegal encounters setting a new record uh, on, was it maybe Tuesday, setting a new daily record. So, here we go. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's pathetic. Utterly pathetic. I don't know what to tell you guys. But rhetoric, everyone's like, oh, this guy said this. That was a good line at the debate. This is a good... Talk is cheap. We keep going through this. And it's going to continue until we change the game. Now, we don't have much control over politics, but we can control... Our self-defense. We're sponsored again today by our friends at Patriot Academy. I'm going to see you guys in just a week and a half at our constitutional defense course where we go out four days of training in shooting from the holster, defensive training, how to win a gun battle. It's 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 a must. You know, everyone's like, oh, I get to carry, you know, concealed carry. But do you know how to actually draw from the holster? Do you know how to move and shoot? Do you know how to win a gunfight? Do you know how to clear malfunctions? We're going to learn all of that. Don't be intimidated by that. We have retired cops and first-timers come the same day, and we start off at the same pace, and everyone grows at their own pace. PatriotAcademy.com slash Daniel. If you want to join us in Fredericksburg, Texas, at Patriot Academy's new campus. Um, You you know, I, I can't guarantee it, but I might be going again I believe it's March 5th, but don't quote me on that. But again, you know, if don't don't just come to meet me. The more important thing is to get the training, even if I'm not there. Um, it's an honor to meet you guys. So again, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. It's 80% off the cost of the course because it's funded by generous donors. Um, so it's just 400 bucks for a $2,000 course. Obviously, you do have to pay for ammo. Um, they are trying, by the way. One of these days, we're going to, you know, I can't really talk about that, but we're going to work with certain vendors to donate ammo. We're not there yet, but that will really be a game changer. Um, and also, email me at Daniel Horowitz, um, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. If you guys are interested in, in 
basic AR-15 defensive shooting. You know, not not the kind of like target, like long distance sniping target practice, but defensive, you know, training, kind of what we do with handguns, but with with rifle. Um, I have not done that there yet, and soon they're going to be done with their rifle ranges. So that's definitely something you want to do. Um, remember, 2024, unless God smiles upon us, it will be the year of rioting, and it might be worse than 2020. So we obviously got to be prepared for that. PatriotAcademy.com slash Daniel. Sign up for one of their courses. And you guys in Texas know who you are. You have no excuses. You don't even have to fly. It's just it's just perfect. So, you know, I wanted to get to some of the elements of the debate. First of all, the same observation I had and will continue to have after every one of them we're sitting and debating Vivek versus Chris Christie that it's irrelevant. They're not going anywhere. Anyone with a shred of intellectual honesty, even if they are favorably disposed towards Trump, should agree that it's a disgrace that we do not have a push from the bigwigs in this movement to offer to moderate you know, Tucker himself. Okay, he's endorsed Trump. But I'm sure DeSantis would not be cowardly enough to shirk a debate just because he endorsed the other guy. Trump is. So, hey, you're moderator, you're endorser. Let's go and have a debate one-on-one. And it's not just a matter of holding Trump accountable, getting answers from him on critical questions, but it's also, it would move DeSantis to the right. You know, one of the things I was hoping is that the two of them would compete and DeSantis himself would get even better. But the problem is there's no one running to his right, so, you know, he doesn't have that kick in the pants. It's just an utter disgrace. It's indefensible. Everything else is just noise. And by the way, speaking of Tucker, you know, again, the theme today is the fact that we all say we kind of agree on an issue. Yeah, the vaccines are a problem. Yeah, the border's a problem. But then we never do anything about it when it matters. And the perfect example is Tucker. He starts talking about, you know, this is terrible. There's no apology. By the way, he himself never apologized for getting Trump into this. And for quite a while, he was late to the dance, but that's okay. He's like, they're never going to apologize. Take a listen to this clip right here. Ever notice how the bigger the tragedy is, the harder it is for the people responsible to apologize. If I rear end your car and crease your bumper, I'm happy to jump out and say, I'm sorry, I can't believe I did that. But if I were to say invade Iraq under false pretenses and kill a million people and spend a trillion of your dollars doing it, I wouldn't say a word. I would never admit that was a bad idea. I couldn't. It implicates me too profoundly. The same goes for if I say locked your kids inside for a year and destroyed their brains and prevented them from getting an education. Or if I say forced you to take a vax that didn't work, that very well might have hurt you. I could never admit that I did that. I just couldn't because if I admitted it, I'd have to suffer the consequences. All right, folks, you heard that. So he didn't mention 800 pound gorilla in the room. You have the men that is the image of the movement, the image of the party, you endorsed, he created it, you want him to be president, and you say you want a reckoning, 
he will not bring it because right now he is saying there is nothing wrong with it. Everyone knows that. No, no one will dispute. His ego alone will not allow that because he's had ample opportunity. And the cam- even the campaign, you know, we're talking about today how campaigning gets people to echo our talking points and then they stab us in the back when the ball's in play. But to be fair, at least he's honest on that issue. And Tucker will not mention him. Indefensible. But anyway, presidential level politics gets more engagement. And the candidates respond to that engagement. And that's why last night, it's like, aside from Ukraine, they all say what we believe in. I mean, even the tranny stuff, Nikki Haley denied it. Right? It's not like Nikki Haley said, you know, Christy a little bit, you know, but but Christy's really not relevant to the party anymore. Um, But Nikki Haley is, I just want you to understand, Nikki Haley is the prototype. Because there's focus on presidential politics and the voters pay attention, she's not going to go anywhere. But down the ballot, Nikki Haley, as we see with the NDAA, we see with the budget bills, Mike Johnson is essentially Nikki Haley, if you think about it. But, you know, she's like, oh, no, 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 I I didn't say that. Literally yesterday or two days ago, she said that the government shouldn't get involved in, you know, uh, in in, uh, legislating on castration. And then when Ron brought it up, she just said, that's a lie. I didn't say that. It was so weird. I mean, usually you could say that if it was a long time ago. But anyway, the point is she didn't embrace it. You see when they feel the room is a certain way, they read it. But what we failed as a movement is to create that pressure during the legislative sessions to have some sort of direction and to focus on primaries on the backside of their term in a way that they're scared of getting re-ele- of, of crossing us. And yes, that we wouldn't vote for them in the general election either. It's funny, spending, we spend too much. It's become a joke. By the way, there's one man who literally, you know, grew the GDP of Florida by not just cutting spending, but paying off 25% of the existing debt that came in before him. Okay? Another interesting thing is, um, and I don't have the clip here, but Tucker recently said something, and um, it's it's a paraphrase, that no establishment person in D.C. has supported Donald Trump. Literally yesterday, Katie Britt, the rhino that Trump got elected from Alabama, and, and John Hoven from North Dakota, he's like an AI bot. I mean, if you want to talk about a globalist, neocon, see, this is what we do. We like throwing out rhino, globalist, neocon. We're all on the same page, except for when it matters. We continue to elect these guys, and they all are backing Trump. They're like, you see, you know, all the establishment guys hate Trump. And then they all back Trump. And then they turn around and like, you see, everyone's supporting Trump. DeSantis is such a loser. Everyone hates him. No one's endorsing him. You're right. No one's endorsing him. He has three endorsements in the entire Congress. <laughs> I thought that's a good thing. What does that tell you? Pathetic. Pathetic. Um, then, then there's, 
you know, look, look, just, just a couple, a couple more things here because I don't really want to spend too much time on this. I want to get to COVID stuff and the vaccine stuff, but about a fifty-second clip here. I thought this was the best part of the debate. If I just had to give one a highlight, when first Nikki Haley was asked about, um, you know, Muslim immigration. And she starts giving the typical answer. Well, it's it's not the Muslims, but it's like certain countries that have a lot of terrorists in it. So, like, we're back to the vetting. It's like they all believe in Sharia law, dude. It's not like, okay, you have Al-Qaeda on speed dial or something. I mean, some do. It's the culture that undergirds it. So then Ron cut her off and had the following to say. It's not just just terrorism, though. That's important. But look what's happened in Europe. You have more anti-Semitism in Germany than at any time since Adolf Hitler. Why? Because they imported mass numbers of people who reject their culture. Europe is committing suicide with the mass migration, and it's illegal and legal. Uh, Nikki Haley said the other day there should be no limits on, on legal immigration and that corporate CEOs should set the That's policy on that. Quit there lying. needs to be limits on immigration, and we should not be importing people from cultures that are hostile. So, for example, I said with the Gaza, you had some of the the, the squad wanted to import 300,000 people from the Gaza Strip. I said, no, we're not taking anyone from Gaza because of the anti-Semitism and because they reject American culture. So we've got to get smart about this. We cannot let the United States be like Europe. Okay, folks, you heard that. Unbelievable. We will not become like Europe makes it a cultural problem. Someone had to say that. He gets it. He gets it. And um, I know I'll get some emails. Daniel, he needs to focus more on this, more on that, more on this, more on that. I mean, I, I could find 50 million things that I could say anyone who doesn't focus on that, they're a fraud. But the reality is take yes for an answer and whatever, whatever, whatever else you're not hearing from him, we will be able to put people in place that will get the job done. That's all that matters. It's not a matter of like, you know, I mean, everyone kind of agrees. You know, DeSantis did good good in the debate. Or, you know, Nikki Haley got crushed. But to, to me, I'm not enthralled by anything, except for that one quote, maybe, that DeSantis said. It's his record. It's He's focused on the issues that mattered in the way they mattered at the time they mattered. That's the distinguishing factor here. That's the distinguishing factor. It's all that. And that gets me to the latest on the vaccine stuff. And I want to give give a little bit of a presentation on that and you know where we're holding and how that fits into the theme of we we just don't persist. We just have oh let's pull out a good talking point. Yeah, the vaccines. So now Vivek, who's a pharma swampy, he knows we're upset about it. So he's like, yeah, the vaccines. Oh. Okay. But if you don't believe it and are focused, you're not going to do anything with it. You know, last night, Ron DeSantis said, um, they asked, who's your favorite president? Of course, we were all happy that he brought up Calvin Coolidge. He's, as you well know, he's my favorite president. He once said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone 
are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Press on. Persistence and determination. That's what we're lacking. You got to power through things. You got to be incessant about it and use the leverage point. Never miss an opportunity. Always be on message. That's what we don't have. Oh, I need a talking point. Uh, I'm a conservative media host. Here, here's a talking point. Oh, you know, now's a campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah, we spend too much. The border. Uh, yeah, the vaccines had some problems. But because Republicans don't actually believe and conservatives don't believe, they don't push the issue to the brink. So I've said before that we could reach a point in time where literally a study comes out and says everyone will die from the COVID shots. And it won't even be news. They won't. They won't even take the current iteration off the market and force a budget fight. That's not even on the menu of options for a budget fight, by the way. They won't push it. And nothing matters. And that's why I haven't spent every day of just like focusing on all the latest uh, research we have on the deadly nature of the COVID shots. Because now we're at the political phase. We got to, what do we even do about it? Nothing changes. It's like you can't have more ammo that you want to take to swing voters and the public than what we have on the border. Everyone agrees. But we went the entirety of 2023 with it getting worse and worse and Republicans blowing every leverage point. And that's the thing. We don't care. It's all a talking point. You know, one other thing on the debate, again, I know I said I would get to COVID. Um... But one other observation I have is that so last night all of the all of my colleagues were just like gaga over Vivek. And you know, I understand. You know, he's he's read the internet and he borrowed all the kind of like talking points that we have and he said them and we're very happy to to hear that validation because that's all we want. And I left because to a person, not a single one's voting for Vivek. They're voting for Trump. And I never understood. I was like, wait a minute. So you're, you're, you're telling me that Vivek is everything you wanted. He is smart. He's commanded the issues. He's articulate. He's quick on his feet. He's just saying the stuff that we've always been waiting to say. And he's young. He, doesn't, he lacks the baggage of Trump. So why, why not support him? All right, so, so DeSantis is not your cup of tea. Fine. Why are, why are you not supporting him? Because they don't care about outcomes because it's all Vivek serves a talking point and Trump serves a talking point. Vivek is the emotional pull that you get to have your talking points and Trump they need to support to earn a living. And that's the problem. So even when we have some of my colleagues that focus on the vaccine and are like upset about it, but no one's pushing how to take it to the brink. And that's why we now have stories how this... The, the vaccine is poison, meaning the mechanism of action is poison, and it has multiple poisons in it. Open so I mean, the most respected studies now, and it's like, nothing matters. Nothing changes. Nothing changes whatsoever. First, this segment is sponsored by The Blind. What's The Blind? Well, we have a lot of blind people. Phil Robertson is out with a new documentary on his life. He wasn't always the man he was. It's a great story of redemption, 
showing how he grew as a human being. We need to grow as, as, as people as well. Great story, you know, for, for Christians to watch around Christmas. Um, the ultimate story of redemption that Hollywood certainly would never show you, but we have available at blazetv.com slash the blind for just $19.99. That's blazetv.com slash the blind. So couple big stories here. Latipo obviously sent a letter on the plasmin DNAs. Um, we got an article published in Nature by 20 authors, Cambridge scientists. And they're like, the vaccines are amazing. And then in between each line, they have an earth-shattering revelation. So again, what do we know? We, we, we know that you have the plasma DNAs, and it does reverse transcribe into the nucleus. We know that there is that, that virus that's cancerous, that's also, both of them are the findings of Kevin McKernan, that creates cancer. We know we have the fact that it forces your body to create IgG4, which are tolerating rather than neutralizing antibodies, which is one of several reasons why um, vaccinated people are constantly sick and an another mechanism of action to create cancer as well. And obviously we know that the spike protein itself is poison, the lipid nanoparticles are poison, the mRNA is poison. But now there's another finding they found that in one in four people, it led to nonsensical proteins being made instead of the spike protein. Now, you might say, well, that's a good thing. It misfired. Yeah, but I mean, so the spike's a problem. But these are... Um, so, so you might think one in four people produce this but but no it's worse than that if you read the study it's one third of the trillions of cells that are created from the shots create these undesirable proteins proteins are a big deal we don't know what they are just floating around the body see this is the thing you know you have the blood clotting you have the heart ailments the myocarditis but then why is it that this thing creates Every ailment known to man. So now we know these are the reasons. They say it all stems from the methyl pseudouridine. If you remember, that was the key ingredient that Robert Malone identified as the culprit for why the mRNA doesn't go away and it stays for a long time. It makes it stable. So this now created a new, this is a new study that shows that there's just a bunch of other proteins created. They have no idea. They're like, we don't have evidence that it's a problem. This is the new game that, so you could totally pump into someone's body foreign matter, foreign proteins. Well, we, we didn't study that it, we didn't study any effects that it harms you. <laughs> so, it, nor, nor, nor do they plan to. But these are mainstream publications. And yet nothing changes. And, th and this is the thing. It's like, my, my, um, we were terrified to go to the pediatrician. We're long overdue for our two younger kids because we're scared that they would harass us about vaccines. And they asked about the hep A shot. The hep A shot. 
I mean, did you know that the Hep A shot is, there is no rationale for it. There's no evidence of efficacy. And in fact, there's evidence of negative efficacy. We never bother to check the history and not, not just the clinical trial data, but, um, you know, anything else. We never bother to check it. Where is this? It's from Iger Chudov. He wrote this a long time ago. I found it because I was doing research in case my wife would have to do battle with the pediatrician. Um, where is this? Did you know that before the Hep A vaccine came out in the early 90s, it turns out that only three people a year died from it. This is from the FDA's own publication. Okay, only only three people died from it. And it turns out that cases exploded since the growth of it. There is no evidence, whether it's deaths, hospitalizations, or cases, there is no evidence that it works. If anything, it looks like a lot of things, the more you inject, the more you infect. And there was no rationale. And this is what we need to push in the legislative sessions. We need, I mean, the COVID shots need to be taken off the market. But we need the states to create a commission from their Department of Health to audit every vaccine recommended by CDC for four things. The clinical trial data. What is the data? What is the nature of the control group? And how long did they have a follow-up observation? As Aaron Siri has noted on a lot of the big vaccines that we all took for granted, it's, it's worse than the COVID shots even in terms of at least the design of the clinical trial. Then what is the rationale? Right, You can't say, oh, something that three people die from and then you know most people, hep A is not a big deal anyway and most only get it if they're engaging in sodomy or you know, you're, you're in, in, in certain you know conditions, maybe in, in, in prisons or whatever, but they'll shove it on every kid. And then the fact that dip, diphtheria, like there's no rationale, it's a, it has a lot of aluminum in it, and look, I don't know, some of you might say the tetanus shot is a problem, maybe it is, I don't know, but let, let's just say that's been respected for now, and everyone wants a tetanus shot. But in order to get it, you need to get diphtheria, which is totally not even around, and then pertussis, which is around more thanks to illegals. But again, it, it's, it's a respiratory viral vaccine. It doesn't work. There's evidence of negative efficacy. It doesn't work. What does it do to your immune system? Fauci himself has admitted that no respiratory viral vaccine is ready for prime time. So what are we doing? What are we doing? But the answer is because we don't have people harnessing legislative fights to change policy. We don't have a focused, persistent, and determined movement. We might have a movement of people that will talk about it when, when, when it's a talking point, but it's talking point deep. Therefore, the, the, the system doesn't feel threatened. They feel they could just shirk us. And why not? This is from... The conservative woman, a good uh, UK website. During the summer of 2021, the UK Medical Freedom Alliance became concerned about an unseasonal, unprecedented rise in excess mortality in Scotland. 
right? They saw that everywhere. And um, at the end of the year, they wrote an urgent letter to Public Health Scotland presenting the data and asking them to investigate possible link with the COVID vaccines. And they had a chain, chain of email that FOIA requests have now revealed. And they sent one, you know, raising concerns about the yellow card reporting system. That's their their version of theirs in the UK. Despite our repeatedly chasing up the MHRA, that's the FDA equivalent, they failed to respond to the second FOIA. In April 2023, we lodged a formal complaint. And they finally responded in June, but disappointingly, their response was grossly inadequate. They admitted to holding some of the information requested, but claimed an exemption due to, you know, some sort of obscure law. But they did admit that they had no set criteria to trigger an epidemiological study regarding a safety concern. No plans to study it. And that's their thing. They're just not concerned. And they're like, it's important to note that most people receive vaccination without any serious side effects. So nothing to see. So the new threshold, I mean, this is unbelievable. What they're saying is, so let's say you give a vaccine to the entire world and 1% die, as, as we think happened, okay? And I don't know, let's say 5% are seriously injured. I mean, that's, you're talking about like 17 million dead, 100 million serious injured, maybe more, several hundred million really. But, Look, you know, 90% were, were okay. That's literally the, what, what, what the UK and the FDA are saying now. Oh, it's not a problem. Do you understand the genocidal threshold? It, this is like the biomedical security equivalent of Hamas and the Biden government. Where basically, now the new thing is like, so for years, Israel could never exist as a nation and defend itself because of the human shields. But everyone thought, all right, you kill and rape and maim and butcher 1,400 people like that. All right, that's out the window. No, it's not. So now they moved the Overton window over that, you know, the next time, yeah, yeah, that's nothing. You you know, forget about those suicide bombings killing 15, 20 people. You could kill 1,400 and, you know, you you, you get that for free now. Maybe next time you could kill, you know, 5,000. Same thing here. There's a lot of room to grow. I mean, you know, you could kill 20%. 80% still weren't killed. They don't fear. I mean, I mean, this is unbelievable. They can go on and on and on. It's the same thing with the green energy. Everyone's like, yeah, okay, the electric vehicles. Republicans voted on, you know, some bill, bill yesterday to repeal a big provision of that from the IRA. But the Republican governors are all embracing it when it actually matters. This is the point. L- l- let me drive this home further. Let me drive this home further. Americans are looking for red states. There's an amazing um, report out. This guy, I'm not sure where this came from, but there's this guy, Jonathan Rawls, founder of Survival Realty. I don't know who this guy is. You know, he's a small following on Twitter. He this where I just want to give credit to where I found it. He put this out that there's a number of people in the blue states on the West Coast moving to Idaho. And and we've been talking about this for several years. There's a lot of potential in Idaho. And they're making it even redder. So California 
Do you know that just 10% of the people moving are Democrats? Just 12% of the people from Washington State and 14% from Oregon are Democrats, whereas 65% of the people moving from Oregon to Idaho are Republican. And it's it, there is, he's noting it's, it, it's making it redder, and that's good. But I want to juxtapose that to how when it comes to the policy outcomes with the ball in play, it doesn't matter. They'll indulge us, and, and this is what they do. See, I'm sick of my colleagues just rating language and debates and words. Oh, he said it. He had his moment. It doesn't take anything to say stuff. We've been experiencing that forever. Oh, he had a real moment. See, if they ran on their positions, we'd be good to go. Eventually, we'd get we get rid of them. The problem is they got smart. They indulge our issues, and they jujitsu each issue into a black hole. It's the perfect failure theater. Oh, the border? Yeah, well, we'll take care of the border. So there's an amazing article. This is not Idaho, but it's a, it could have been Idaho. It's the same story. This is from Wyoming, Cowboy State Daily. So the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Representative John Baer, maybe I'll get him on the show one of these days, great guy. And, and, and this is the sort of you know progress we need to work on. He wrote a letter to the editor, a very snide you know, letter about his rhino colleagues. As the saying goes, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then they copy you, then you win. Now, I disagree with him in that sense of winning, but I understand why he wants to sell it that way. For decades, conservatives in Wyoming have been ignored as establishment Republicans and Democrats together ruled the roost in Cheyenne. After the many victories of the 2022 primary cycle, too many conservatives were elected to be ignored, so we were mocked, mocked by the media for being too green to govern, called barbarians. We were openly laughed at by our fellow legislators during the legislative session when I pointed out um, that the body had added an additional $35 million to it, to it in just two hours of debate. Early in the spring, we saw some of the fighting. Legislative leadership took to some of the uh, Wyoming newspapers to cascade our, our members. Now, after several helpful polling, uncomfortable town hall events with rightfully angry constituents, a great awakening, or some combination of these, establishment Republicans in the status quo caucus are on the next step. Copying. Watering down. But but here's here's what he's noting. Look, if they copy us, then, then that's fine. I mean, you know, we don't need our guys if their guys are willing to do their thing. But they water down the policies of conservatives and passing them off as their own despite vocally opposing or outright laughing at them, uh, you know, months ago. Representative Barry Crago, now he doesn't mention this, but he, I will mention he's a big homosexual, um, and Speaker Pro Temp Clark Stith recently unveiled their commitment to conservatism. That's the title of their thing, claiming to believe in protecting human life from the beginning to the end. Their failure to provide meaning to the word beginnings should raise eyebrows, as true conservatives aren't afraid to define it. When presented with an opportunity to define life from conception, Crago voted with the Democrats to kill the bit. Like, this is what they do. Literally the opposite. Why did Crago and Stith change their minds? Either they have come to understand the biological reality that life begins at conception, or... They've seen some helpful polling. 
Next, two representatives share their, these two guys, they share their devotion to achieving property tax reform and relief. And, you know, he notes that um, they they voted against capping property taxes, literally voted against it. Now they changed their mind and, and support a 5% cap. What changed? Next, they share their appreciation for protecting parental rights and education. Just a few months ago, we reported on this at the time, conservatives were mocked for introducing legislation requiring school districts to inform parents when their children seek transition. We were told this isn't happening here. Now, after allegations that a school in Sweetwater County aided in the transition without parental notification, established Republicans are singing a different tune. Um, but both of these guys voted against pulling Senate File 117 from the Speaker's drawer for debate um, after Speaker Albert Summers refused to introduce it last session. Then they share their support for school choice. I mean, li- like literally go down the list of all the things they killed. Um, and they, they killed it in last session. While the people of Wyoming may relish in the fact that these long-held conservative policies are gaining more support from the establishment Republicans, keep in mind that the establishment parental rights bill doesn't require notification to parents when gender identity or sexuality is involved in a move to appease the teachers' union. The school choice bill doesn't apply to all Wyoming families and also serves to create universal preschool in Wyoming. That's literally like a, like a New York City policy. If home prices continue to soar, their property tax relief bill will still allow your property tax to double every 14 years. I'm optimistic, though. Establishing Republicans have finally learned that Wyoming is, in fact, a conservative state. I'm hopeful that this realization will lead all Republicans to work together to achieve the real policy goals of our constituents, including robust protections for parental rights, universal school choice, property tax reform that requires the government to tighten its belt rather than hard-working Wyomingites. And that's, that's his piece. And that's kind of where we are as a people. And this is why it is so important that we get specific. Stop with the talking points. We need to champion, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to find the best bills for the upcoming legislative sessions on all the key topics and go down the list, and we're going to put pen to paper. And say, stop saying you're conservative, spending cuts, low taxes, pro-life, pro-self-defense, you know, uh, anti-crime, anti-legal immigration. We're going to actually put it on paper and we're going to see what happens. That's why debates, talking points, interviews, they're meaningless. Show me the, the evidence. Show me the evidence. Show me your record. But unfortunately, it's hard work. Like, look, honestly, I myself, and and I know some of you who are trying to head up our uh, legislative strike force teams are a little bit jaded with me. Um, You know, I haven't kind of put out a good blueprint yet. I'm I'm behind myself. It's a lot of work. What, What I do is a lot of work because I have to be on top of so many policy issues, so many processes in not just Congress but multiple states to try to, you know, get things done because I'm I'm not trying to commentate. I'm trying to build a movement. And it pays nothing and it takes the most time. 
Whereas if I just say, ah, oh, look at Mr. Trump, you know, and get on all the cable shows and then you get exposure, get an audience, have no influence, but you don't care about influence. But influence doesn't pay money. Audience does. You know, all the time I spend to try to, you know, work with people that have some sort of lever of power to get stuff done, I don't get paid for that. You know, I'm hired here, and thanks to you guys supporting our advertisers, I'm able to do it. But at the end of the day, The Blaze is a for-profit media company. And, um, you know, I don't get paid to do legislative outcomes. They appreciate it. But that's not what I get paid to do. And therein lies the problem. So if you guys want to join any of our Red State Strike Force teams, I'm going to be working on that during this, you know, the the two-week break that we we take, um, you know, the last two weeks of December before New Year's. And I, I'm still going to be working. We're just not going to have a show. I'm going to try to produce videos now that Rob has my studio set up. Thanks for bearing with me today. We're just going to cut it a little bit short because I... I gotta get back in there and have him test my audio and everything. Um, but but again, you know, email me Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com if you want to uh, join me in a rifle training at Patriot Academy. Uh, we can work out a time for that if we get enough people for the class, especially those of you who don't even have to fly. By the way, you could totally fly with it. Take your case, check it, declare it. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, it's 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 really not. It's you know, a lot of people are scared to do it. It's 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 fine. I've never had a problem. And uh, if you could please give us a five star rating on iTunes, really appreciate it. Till tomorrow. God bless y'all. Micah six eight. And thank you for listening.